Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So I saw a meme that I had to go ahead and pick up the phone and have this conversation with you because um, it's something that I have been dealing with, but I feel like it captured it in a way that I wouldn't be able to... Mm, I probably could finesse it, but let me just read it to you. So it says, the woman you are becoming will cost you people, relationships, spaces, and material things. Choose her over everything. You know how you read something and it comes at the most awesome time in your life. Not even awesome as in a great time, but just like perfect timing. And you're like, OM Jizzle. <laughs> That's exactly what I am feeling now. The older and wiser that I become... I am starting to realize that in order for you to live the life that you want to live in your head and in your heart, the life that has, you know, more successes than it has any other kind of emotional turmoil or any other turmoil in your life, I am realizing that the key component to that is, and it's going to sound crazy when I say it, how comfortable you are with losing how comfortable you are with losing, how you deal with a loss, how consistent you operate while losing. And so the term just kind of, you know, was mumbling, muddling that over in my head. And the term that just came to my mind was losing while winning. I was like, what? An oxymoronic truth. <laughs> real talk. Real talk. Because you lit have you ever stopped and just thought about the fact that the people that you were super duper close with at one point you're not? And the people who the road that you thought you were gonna take, you know, that little plan that you have in your mind as a teen or early 20s it didn't really go precisely to plan and yeah it all worked out in your favor I'm not trying to make this loom and gloom but just the fact that oh my gosh yeah that I had to lose some stuff to gain something better on the front end like when you were dating and the relationship probably seemed promising but something in you was alerting like you know what I really think that this relationship probably has gone as far as it can go. And the courage that it took for you to break up with such and such and disconnect yourself from such and such. And you didn't understand it completely in the moment. Like if God were to show you a snapshot, like, oh, this is what I'm giving you in about three to four years. You're like, nothing. You want me to throw my whole phone in the ocean, Lord? Because I'll do it. You understand? Like for that gain, I'll do it. But in that moment, it didn't feel good. And you had to try to convince yourself that, you know what, it's for the better or however you got through that particular heartbreak. But you never really understood that this loss sets you up for a win later. That you didn't understand why that particular job, why it went that way. Why they put you through that turmoil why that rumor mill was spreading on your behalf, why that layoff happened, why you had to file unemployment because you got unsuspectedly, unexpectedly fired, like be the name of Jesus, but all of that, like why did that happen? And little did you know God was setting you up for like, oh, 
I get it. Let me tell you another reason, sidebar, now that I can hear myself speaking out loud. Another reason why that kind of losing while winning came up to, kind of came up into my mind. The quarantine 2020, okay, um, a weirdly spiritual kind of context to me. It kind of felt like the mindset that I was in was I felt like an Israelite in Egypt. Because if you go back and read the situation that happened prior to the Passover and all that with the Israelites, there was some stuff happening to the Egyptians that it was like, ooh, hate to be you. Uh, you know, they were getting boils, and but the Israelites were fine. There were all these plagues happening, but the Israelites was good money. And I just really took on this mindset of even though I had people very close to me who who had the coronavirus and passed from the coronavirus, but that was my mindset. My mindset was I was an Israelite in Egypt, and I kept asking myself, what is it that God's trying to show me? And you would be an absolute, I don't want to say fool because you people are somebody's grandbaby, um, unwise person not to have adjusted your lifestyle in some type of way the fact that I was able to realize oh my gosh I'm too busy like busy is not it I don't want to be busy I don't want a job that makes me toil I don't want a job that makes me bring home an attitude and a paycheck at the same time I don't want any relationships in my life that aren't authentic I don't want, and it started giving me the time to really kind of comb through my life and saying, what could be better? Like, honestly, what could be? And I wish that before in my life, when I was going through some really traumatic emotional changes and all of that, I wish someone would have told me losing is not always bad. I wish someone would have told me that not having that particular friendship in my life is not going to cripple me. And that if God wanted me to have an iron that was going to sharpen my iron, he wouldn't remove the iron that he placed. So clearly, if this is being removed, then he's going to replace it with an iron that he knows will sharpen me. Because you know in the Bible, it says iron sharpens iron. Why would you want wood to be a part of your friendship circle? And there are some people, even if they are some type of, metal or iron-like material, it doesn't mean that they sharpen you the way that you need to be sharpened. You know, you'll have somebody who is physically fit, but you need to be mentally sharpened. You'll have someone who is mentally sharpened, but you need to be spiritually sharpened. So just the fact that I would have really allowed myself to understand God knows me in and out like nobody's business And if there are people around me that should be out, then I'm going to allow for him to put in whomever and whatever he pleases to get me to the greatest level of sharpening. You see what I'm saying? Like if, because I had to even, because sometimes you think about life and you're like, okay, that sounds good. But how I'm built is give me another example of how this makes sense. And I just looked at the fact like when Jesus walked the earth, um, He didn't make a whole bunch of friends. People wasn't feeling your boy. 
Yeah, he wasn't, the Pharisees wasn't like, we were waiting for you. Hey, you know what? You look good. You've been eating, you've been eating your apples. I could tell. <laughs> your, your rips, sir. <laughs> you don't got no flab. You're doing what needs to be done. You understand? Um, Nobody was hitting him with that. He was getting, yeah, he, and actually, I don't know if you know this, but he didn't only have 12 disciples. I said it before, but it's worth repeating. Jesus had a good number of people with him. And they slowly started to shed away. To the point that, you know, some people are like, yeah, buddy be traveling too much. I ain't really with the, you know, they don't have Uber yet. <laughs> you know, my sandals can only take but so much burning sand. Um, I think I'm good on this trip. Listen, when y'all boys circle back, I got you on the um, fish and loaves if you need that on your way back. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, to the point that when some of them were going, Jesus looked at Peter and then was like, you going to go too? Peter looked back at Jesus and was like, sir, and go where? Where? <laughs> where, sir? At this point, I don't even know my way back home, okay? Making my way downtown is not going to be easy. I have no idea. You are the GPS, sir? Where? How? And Jesus was like, all right, just wanted to make sure. But imagine having 200,000, because I think that was the last number that I checked. And I may be exaggerating, but it sounds good for the story. Go back and read your Bible. Amen. Um, imagine having that many people behind you and knowing that at the end of this, only one is going to be the cornerstone. Only one you're going to build your church on. Only one is going to really matter, and that's Peter. Like, Jesus had to be okay with knowing, I'm going to have to shed some people along this journey just to get to the ultimate goal. That he knew all these people are not going to be with me. But I'm going to be honest with you. Real talk, the way that I'm built and my personality, if I had to do a Jesus kind of thing, that would have hurt my feelings. Imagine having a church or a fan base or whatever. Let's just do it in real time. Imagine having 251K Instagram friends followers what have you and it's growing and it's growing and the word is getting out about your particular product your talent or whatever you do that's great and all of a sudden people start being like yeah I don't want to follow you no more and you look at the 251k go from 200 and you're like mm, 51k in a week yeah <laughs> it must be some type of let me email Instagram see what's happening it must be some type of bug or something going on and then that 200K turns to 150 and, it and it's starting to shed and deplete and deteriorate to the point that you're like, what is happening with my following? Now, mind you, you make money from your following. You getting the word out through your following. The more people following you, the, the better, you know, and not just the following, your your insights is going down because when you start making Instagram like a business type of page, you can see how many people are interacting with your page, not necessarily following, but interacting with your product and what you're selling and what you're doing and how they interact with, with what, again, what you're doing. Imagine seeing the insights go down just as well as the followers. Can you say that you would have had the posture of like, it's cool. All I need is one. All I need is one super duper reliable, consistent one. Oh, but there's more. Jesus did all that to know that the one that he was building his church on, that was the one that was going to deny him three times after the rooster crows, sir. 
And to know that he would have to take that kind of loss, not even physically with the numbers going down, possibly even emotionally, because, man, like, Peter, you're supposed to be my dog. What happened? But could you have walked that out with that much grace in today's times? Could you have walked out, I understand that I have to lose to win? There was a particular situation that happened um, probably around the same time that I saw that meme. That's why it meant so much to me that I told you about a little bit, a little while ago. That I was like, this is terrible. I, and if not careful, I have enough life experience to see that people don't care for you as fragilely as they need to. Like, I wish that people took that orange sticker that we so undelicately put on boxes, and I wish they put that on people and their hearts and their minds and the actions. Because if we started dealing with people like that, then maybe we would have different outcomes. And I remember dealing with this particular circumstance, and, you know, I did what every human kind of does. I asked one or two other people their perspective, and they were like, wow, that was foul. Why that person do A, B, and C? And how come this, and the third? And if not careful, you can sit and just wallow in the fact that, like, what did I do to deserve that kind of treatment? Just like we talked a little while ago about, you know, being distracted from the assignment and all that. But if not careful, life will give you an, a, a, enough, you know, variables for you to go, you know what? People are foul. <laughs> and you know what? I'm too good of a person to be losing A, B, and C. And you know what? No, I'm going to start standing up for my right. And, you know, and if you have a competitive side, a little bit like me, that 251K dropping like that, you're like, no, I'm going to do something else to get the numbers back because then you start to get in this mindset where you don't understand that sometimes losing is a win. Didn't our Heavenly Father show us that? He could have been super-duper, like, not okay and selfish with keeping Jesus in heaven the whole time. Y'all figure it out. Listen, I done sent prophets. Y'all not doing what you're supposed to be doing. I done walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. They didn't do what they need to be done. If you're not going to listen to to nobody else, I'm not sending my only son. My only son? Your only begotten son? And you mean to tell me God looked to his right and was like, I understand the bigger picture in losing you temporarily. I understand the bigger picture of sending you somewhere that I I wouldn't I wouldn't have wanted for you to go, but for the bigger picture you have to go. If God can show us that he understands losing as a bigger picture and a bigger platform for winning, then why don't we adopt that? Why don't we understand such and such spreading rumors about you, saying something about you, doing something foul to you? It's no reflection on who you are as a person, but it has everything to do with where you're going as an assignment and as a, as a lifetime. What you do in your lifetime, let me clear that up. What you do with your life assignment has everything to do with how you see the ending the ending, what am I trying to say? Like the, the ending, period. Let's just not try to be eloquent in this moment because I'm trying to get a visual here and I want you to flow with me. We need to understand that when people are doing stuff to us, 
where it feels like they're doing something to us that it, it has already been factored in. God already factored in the parents that you had, the guidance and the lack of that you may not have had. That relationship that once you got in that relationship, you never looked at relationships the same again. That one particular supervisor that they made you feel like, you know what, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to speak my mind at every job I get, whether it costs me my job or not. They're going to hear this voice. Have a nice day. That one particular favor that you did, that you made an inner vow that you're not doing nobody else no favors. That when it comes to lending money, people can have a nice day. You're not doing it. Because when you, that one time that you need it, and then they didn't, you see what I'm saying? There are so many situations that have happened that we allow to change our steps. But God is like, I already factored that into your step. And if we could really, again, hone in on losing is not so bad. Because losing is temporary. I don't even think we see it on a bigger scale like that. If the emotional capacity of it is way larger and more in-depth than what it actually is. Michael Jordan lost a few times, but it didn't overshadow all his wins and accomplishments. Kobe Bryant lost a couple of times. It was a season that the, the Lakers were trash, but he stayed the course, and it didn't overshadow the bigger wins, right? Beyonce, how many times, ma'am, that girl was going ahead and trying to do, she did the group girls time, that didn't work. Then she had the four original Destiny, that didn't work. Then she went ahead and did Michelle Kelly and, and that other Hazel Lot one, that didn't work. Then she reduced down to just Michelle and Kelly and just have a nice day. And she was like, you know what, I really feel like the how I see myself going in the future, it's just me. And so she went solo and kind of hit gold, you know, hit a gold mine. I feel like if she would have felt like, man, the group thing is not working and would have been upset. It's like she kept going, kept going and understood that losing wasn't just her overall. It was going to be the ending chapter on her book. That's why she was able to write that song Survivor. That she, You got to go through some stuff to be like, you know what? I appreciate that loss because it's temporary. It really is. On the flip side, to be honest with you, winning is temporary too. Everybody has their shine. That's why what was hot in the 2000s is not hot in 2020 plus. You see what I'm saying? It's like mm, the style of dressing in the 70s, it's, it's not it with the millennials. You see what I'm saying? Like you're like, mm, that blue eyeshadow ain't it. That mullet, sir, it ain't it. Things are consistently changing. Things are consistently evolving. And the same thing happens to your particular life. I wanted so bad when I was thinking about the situation that happened to me that I, I'm trying not to tell you all the bits, but I wanted so bad just to look at people like, people are terrible, bro. <laughs> like the likelihood of people becoming better, in my opinion, at that point when I was thinking this way, was like, Jesus, you might as well just come down to the rapture because people are not getting better. We're not helping each other. We're not, we're, we're not since we're being desensitized by all the stuff that's happening. Like I just, it gets to a point that you're like, wow. Let me tell you what's really big for me. What's really big for me is not only loyalty, but that people are authentic. But more so than ever, that people keep their word.
And I'll give you a little bit of a snippet of what was happening so that you can be like, what happened that you keep trying not to say? Okay, you don't got to grit your teeth. You're going to chip your tooth. I'll tell you. I had a verbal agreement, unfortunately, with a family member that I went ahead and helped out in a certain way. And I said, hey, I'm doing this thing that you have no idea about, but I want to bring it to your attention because it's really going to bless your life. And here's what I'm going to do, A, B, and C. Um, this is the little legwork that you got to do for me to continue to go about getting this thing to you. And uh, on the back end, let me just ask this real quick. When you get this particular blessing, will it? am I in right standing by asking for a little bit of it? Now, I know that sounds crazy where you're like, wait, you bless somebody and then ask them for some of the blessing? Um, Yeah, I did. <laughs> be, because um yeah that's what I I felt like I didn't feel terrible about doing it it wasn't a greed thing it was a hey there is this blessing over here that we don't know about that I just got wind of I'm gonna go ahead and get it to you but um you mind hitting me off with a I mean 50 cent like however it is and the person was like you know what absolutely um, let me just make sure I handle a few of my, you know, lifestyle things, pay off a couple of things, make sure I got some money, you know. Oh, see, I let it out. It, it's money. Okay. That I have some money. And then from the remaining of that, I'll go ahead and give you a little something. I'm like, cool. Now, I did feel weird because I'm like, well, if you do it out the kindness of your heart, just do it. But it was the circumstance surrounding it that I cannot tell, but just trust my word, okay? And stop being nosy. Okay, great. So I get go ahead and I'm tracking. I'm like, hey, you received anything in the mail? Da, da, da. Person's like, nope, didn't receive nothing. Haven't checked my mailbox in a month. Hmm. Okay. Kind of let that kind of slide. Like, oh, okay. Then I'm like, let me go back to the source. <laughs> so I hit up the institution that I know was going to go ahead and either cut this check to me and I was going to have to give it to the said person or cut the check directly to the person and they would have had to go ahead and give to me. So I'm like, hey, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. By the time I contacted the institution, they let me know that uh, we sent this check out two months ago to the direct person that you are speaking to. I said, wow. So I text that person, which is where all the other forms of communication was happening. So there's nothing out of the ordinary. It's not like we were talking on the phone and then I emailed. It's like, no, we were texting the whole entire time. So I said, hey, the people said that they sent you out this check. And I said, the date. Do you know that I never heard from this person again? Now, in the moment, ooh, that felt downright dirty. Ooh, that felt... I had to get somebody else's perspective because I was like, time out. Let me make sure that my feelings are um, accurate, okay? Because I know I'm a woman and I can make a anthill, a Mount Everest if I choose to emotionally. And so I kind of was like, hey, quick question. And had two or three people say, wow, that was foul. And I was like, okay, okay. So um, immediately I felt this thing rise up in me that was like, I won't help another human being in life. Matter of fact, I'm never looking out for family. As a matter of fact, never. And I had to stop myself and say, you know what? I know this doesn't feel good. I know this doesn't feel good. But God knew my heart. And I know that that's a cliche thing people say, but I truly did this thing out of the kindness of my heart. Didn't have to. But I did it because I said it's the right thing to do. Could have did it in a real grimy way. 
didn't because again I don't want grimy and blessings being attached to itself at all when it comes to me because a grimy blessing is a curse in my opinion and I'm not interested in partaking or subscribing in that so what I had to do with this particular <laughs> pile of emotions that was rising up in me is God seen my heart I stayed true the entire thing through I asked in the beginning before the dollar amount was even, you know, whatever exposed to either one of us. And so the verbal commitment to me was as good as it being written in gold. And so at this point, I had to just lay it down and say, God's going to bless me for the fact that I didn't undermine or underhand this blessing getting to someone else. And whether it comes directly from this person or God blesses me in another way, I still know that I'm going to be blessed. Now, it was a, it, and I'm going to go ahead and be honest with you, it's not even my character to ask someone, especially in the financial realm. It's never been. No one on earth can say that I asked them for anything because it's just, it's never been my thing. has to do with some of my earlier childhood scars that people hold stuff over your head, and I'm just, I'm not, I've never been with it. So no one breathing can say, yeah, she asked me for money, and she didn't, nope, not even go, I asked my nanny one time for $40, and she made me feel like the scum of the earth. Love my nanny, but once she did that, I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> not going to be able to um, have that emotion attached to me need of something I will go to uh, a community service of some sort before I ever go to family or anybody else that's close to me have a nice day and so to be honest with you I wasn't even comfortable asking but I think what God was trying to show me now that I can hear myself saying it out loud is that I needed to truly see what people stood because I'm gonna go ahead and be honest with you I would have kept this person in my corner thinking that you know we down for each other, but then when it really comes down to it, that person is only down for themselves. And I think that in moments where you're uncomfortable, you really need to start asking yourself, like I always said to you, what is God trying to show me? And so, again, that particular loss is a win to me. Because what if I would have came into another blessing of some sort and decided I'm going to look out for such and such. And then all the while, I'm the only one looking out. You don't want relationships or associations of no sort that it doesn't have a reciprocated transaction to it. Not if I give you a dollar, you give me a dollar. But that we have a mutual understanding that we look out for each other. I spoke to my cousin about it. And she said one of the most beautiful things I could ever hear. She said, listen. My sister and I, my, this is my cousin saying it, said my sister and I have an understanding that we don't receive a blessing without blessing each other. If I come into a lump sum of money, if I come into any kind of whatever, the first person that I'm calling is my sister. And when I heard my cousin say that, I was like, wow, what if we had more people who looked out for each other like that? Like as soon as I'm getting blessed, I'm calling up my cousins. As soon as I get blessed, I'm calling up such and such. But it's, I understand that there's things that happen in the family dynamics. Families are feuding. It's all kind of things going on. But what if we really had it where we were like, you know what? When a blessing comes to me, you already know what's coming to us. How dope is that? But I'm thankful now for that particular loss of said family member because I only want winners in my circle, honestly and truly. Like I, I just truly, truly want that pact of, when we, when I'm good, we good. And I'm going to have to keep that particular mindset as I'm going forward in life, as I'm journeying this thing called life. And you are too. And that is my challenge to you. My challenge to you 
is to stop emotionally attaching yourself to every loss. Stop making the loss, stop giving the loss a heartbeat. Because like I said, a loss is temporal. It's temporary. It's not forever. It's not your whole story. It's a blotted time in your storyline that will then go ahead and fade. And it will just be a part of your story later. When you decide to tell it, if you decide to tell it. How many times did Einstein go out and try to catch lightning and do all the other stuff? But you know what? The only time that his loss is brought up is to highlight his win. You see what I'm saying? And so the challenge is to start looking at your losses different. Don't give your losses a heartbeat. And understand for that the person that you're being shaped to become, that you need to start looking at your losses as the stage for your win. A loss is a prop for the bigger picture. It really is. I feel like you got what you needed, though. You know what these conversations are. They're life-provoking conversations, conversations that... As I'm going through it, I'm going to bring you along the journey. And, you know, you can get the experience, but I'll get in the scar. You're welcome. Okay. You're welcome. But as my good, good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Later.